hey, Johnny. How you doing, buddy? Uh, still waking up, enjoying my cup of somewhat caffeinated tea, but yeah, loving life, man. How about yourself? I, I don't know, man. I, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Um, well, I'm, uh, I'm always a masochist, so give me the good news first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, the good news is, um, um, you know how, like, I've been telling you a lot of people are, like, leaving my company? Yeah. And stuff just because of, like, some changeover. And so, well, so um, this new deal, I just got back to work off my, you know, awesome vacation. Missed yeah. you guys. Welcome back. Um, but I just got back. And, like, number one, the whole beach body thing, that's done. I'm off that wagon. <laughs> and uh, we, had a, we had a guy retire. Okay. And, um, yeah, he's uh, he was he's been in, like, upper risk for, like, in insurance for, like, 30 years, right? But he's finally done. Um, and he was kind of telling the story about how, like, oh, you know, uh, now that I'm doing this, I have to, like, go and spend time with my wife and grandchildren who I just right. can't stand. And he seemed really upset about it because he really didn't eat any cakes. But so, like, I got his cake. And then, like, somebody screwed up and got him a second cake because the departments don't communicate with each other. <laughs> so I got, like, 2.5 cakes sitting in my fridge. But the really weird part about it is I've never had too much cake in my life. Um, but the one says, you know, happy retirement, Stan. Mm-hmm. And then the other one says, welcome back to the dang old podcast. Hey, welcome back to the dang old podcast, everybody. <laughs> yes, welcome back to the dang old podcast. This here weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy. Johnny. We take two episodes of that beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows. We see if it still holds up. We complain about the reboot oncoming, and then we slap it with our patented rating system. And Johnny, and Johnny, what do you say we just uh, get on into it? (laughs) That's what she said. Uh, can I just say, yeah, she did. Uh, guys, Mark and I do little to none. Like it's it's maybe like point zero one of percent of rehearsal before we record these. And he read my mind so much that he, I wanted to open this with a "That's what she said" joke. So good on you, buddy. <laughs> good on you. Uh, episode oh, one fifty nine is where we're starting this week. It's "That's what she said." Original air date February eighth, two thousand and four. This is written by Sivert Glarum and Michael Jamin. We've seen them before. Um, seen them a lot, yeah. We have, and uh, I looked up some of the writing credits for Mr. Sivert Glarum, and uh, dude, I I think I told you this when you were on vacation. Welcome back. Um, but well, I you... have been on a Beavis and Butthead kick for the last like week, and so I've been rewatching. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been rewatching. I was I'm catching up on the newest series from 2022, but I've been rewatching some of the stuff from when you and I lived together in 2011. And oh yeah, season eight, episode four. It's an episode called Drones. And it's all about Beavis and Butthead going to a military base and their teacher, Van Driesen, is trying to preach this, like, conscientious conscientious objector spiel. And, you know, like, the the army's more about peacekeeping now and and it's less about killing people. You kill them with kindness. (laughs) (laughs) And the, the army dude is just directly contradicting him the entire time. And just like, no, 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 we we kill people with unmanned aerial vehicles all the time, sometimes just for fun. It's <laughs> oh, it's it is dark. It is dark. Um, but yeah, Cyber Glaram wrote this episode, and it's got one of the best like military mockery lines I have seen in a very long time. Beavis okay. just basically says, "Hey, where's the bathroom?" 
I've got to pee all I can pee. <laughs> and I, I just, I'm, I'm floored sometimes by how fucking beautiful their writing is. Uh, we also got a guest, guest voice of Toby Huss in that episode. He just plays like a, some random army guy. But I was like, hey, that's oh, cool. Toby Huss. That makes me happy. But long story short, they, and Mike Judge are still buddies. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, but uh, needless to say, the whole episode revolves around them getting into a, a unmanned aerial vehicle uh, drone room and just like screwing around with incredibly expensive uh, vehicles, UFOs, cool. if you will. Cool, cool. Yes, UFOs. Oh God, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> There's so <laughs> I, many I have been of on them. Planes for like I, I took I took six plane trips in like in my time during my vacation and every single one of them i was like had my face plastered to the window in horror and wonder <laughs> hoping to see anything at all and i right. didn't but you know <laughs> um so our cast of characters for this uh this episode here hank peggy bobby hill dale and nancy gribble Boomhauer, bill diabetes i mean dotrieve travis rich enrica donna and joe jack rich is our guest star this week Yep, I just blew right through diabetes, buddy. You don't get to comment on it. <laughs> I'm not gonna. You're good. Uh, Mark, would you like my synopsis? Um, yeah. But do you want to tell us who Rich is first? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rich is the once and powerful and box office juggernaut Ben Stiller. Really, really ridiculously good looking Ben Stiller. I he's just he makes me happy. Ben Stiller. I, I don't know what it is about him because I've seen him play straight roles. I've seen him play just stupid slapsticky roles. Do you have a favorite Ben Stiller movie? Um, yeah, Zoolander, honestly. Like, okay. I saw that. I saw that when it came out and I think I was like 13 or 14. I was a kid. Like, and it just, it just hit everybody. Right. I just remember like, cause I was in like seventh grade. So we still had recess, you know, kind of, it was, or, you know, they let you out for yard time. I right. guess is what you call it. <laughs> yard time. Um, and I just remember, like, being out on yard time and, like, everybody just, like, magnuming each other, you know? It yeah. Was... <laughs> For... That was great. Yeah. Um, and now that I try to think about his roles, I'm, like, hard-pressed to think of one. But I think Zoolander's my fate. No, you know what? I take that back. Um, Hal and Happy Gilmore, the abusive uh, nursing home attendant. Ooh, that's, that's like his... Yeah, that's a fantastic role. <laughs> <I> think... <laughs> My fingers hurt. Well, now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled lawn duty. That Yeah. Yep. How about you, buddy? Um, It's probably dodgeball. If I'm being real, it's probably oh, dodgeball. Oh, dodgeball. Because yeah. he is, like, it's it's like an even worse version of his character from Heavyweights, which is a fucking classic. <laughs> and I'm like, it just you do it so much better in dodgeball because then I also get Bill Dotrieve with me. Yeah. It's just good Man, shit. dodgeball. You know what always gets me too? Um, just sidebar. He's married to that. He's married to Christine Taylor, or he yes. was like. Yeah. I just, I love when they're together because like she hates him so much, and then like, but in Zoolander, like she begrudgingly comes to love him, and it's like, she's she's an amazing actress. I don't think she uh -huh. gets enough credit. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Well, and I think Dodgeball hit me right at the the before I got oversaturated with Vince Vaughn. So it's like okay, I can accept you. You're funny. You're just enough Vince Vaughn for me right now in this moment. And now I have nostalgia for it. Otherwise, yeah. I got real tired of him real fast. Um, Same. Yeah, yeah. Because he that was right before the Vince Vaughn bubble boom, and he was like in everything. It was like him mm -hmm. and Owen Wilson all of a sudden. I'm like, hey, 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 calm down, everybody. We don't need. He's not even the most more. talented Wilson brother. So we're we're talking about King of the Hill. We're not talking about fucking early 2000s films today, are we? 
we haven't recorded in three weeks. I miss you. I think <laughs> we always go through this. The first episode we talk, we just bullshit for the, you know, 20 minutes. It's very and then true. we blast through it. And because quite frankly, I don't know how much we can say about this episode. Like, you know what I mean? Without yeah. rehashing some points over and over. But you're right. We should get into it. Um, give me that synopsis, buddy. Yeah. So a new Strickland employee introduces the team to some Baranchi jokes and Dale quits smoking. I, you know, it's going to be kind of a turd of an episode when you get more excited about the B story and the B story is maybe 30 seconds of animated material. Yeah. (laughs) So A story characters, Hank and Rich, B story characters, just Dale. And I guess the guys, if you really want to. So the A story is it's Hank, Rich and everybody at Strickland, right? Like, is that fair to say? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mark, let's get some notes out of you, bud. Oh, some notes. Number one, this is a pretty episode. I'm watching for it now. I'm just going to track that animation to see where we're at. Um, This one is beautiful. So we got that down. Um, I might be wrong, but is this our first uh, Travis appearance? Um, It might be. Because I don't remember him. Like, I... um, Adderley... But it's it, so yeah. There's Howard Adderley. Why couldn't Adderley? Why couldn't Howard retire? I, it doesn't matter. I'm just thinking. No, I think this employees. is because there's there's the 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 bit of Strickland employees that just like rumble around in the background. You're always seeing Jojak. You're always seeing Enrique. You're always seeing Donna. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. I don't remember seeing Travis. So I think this is his first, probably yeah. first and only appearance. It doesn't matter. I just, this is a weird one for me because I feel like they kind of go out of their way to make up new crap for this story. And I'll okay. get into that in just a minute here. Um, I have an, I want cake count three times. And I think I was hungry when I watched this <laughs> because how long is cake in there? Like really how long is cake in this damn episode? Got a lot. <laughs> um, Olive Garden. Okay. This kind of pisses me off. This is almost a con of mine. They're actively plugging Olive Garden and it kind of pissed me off. You're right. And so my bigger problem with this is we only have like one other, con- well, two if you want to split hairs on spelling, but one other confirmed like reoccurring real world slash King of the Hill world in Bennigan's, mm-hmm. which we can all agree is Mike Judge's favorite restaurant. Yes. Um, but so they don't really, and I know they do every now and then they'll like drop a name here, but they're active. Like they call out Olive Garden a couple times and it feels like an advertisement. And then like tangential note to that. Um, how come, and I, you're going to have to help me, I don't remember how, how it's pronounced, Mort- Morticios or whatever? Morticios. The one that needed the heater. They talk about the heater. It's Morticios or something. Okay. How come Morticios couldn't have been the restaurant where, you know, oh, yeah, I went to that Morticios last night. Great pasta. Like, or that's Amore. I just feel gross. Or that's, no, not that's Amore. We're done with that's Amore. Like, they've been there. Like Okay. Because I, I, they're, they're, my point here is they put Olive Garden in it to do a shameless plug for it, but then they name, like, two other restaurants in Arlen that are new. So mm. it's just – do you see where I'm coming at? It's a really dumb note, but yeah. uh, the politics of television are changing, and I'm not into it. Um, You know what else I'm not into is these giblet heads coming to me asking for special types of pipes because all pipes are straight, John. There's no such thing (laughs) as an L pipe or an S pipe. It's just all pipes are straight. What about uh, an L pipe that's a capital L, Mark? They only make them lowercase, bud. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's your favorite dirty joke? Um... 
What do you call a lesbian dinosaur? What's that? Licks a lot of puss. <laughs> That's pretty dirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I you know, hey guys, I'm an LGBTQIA plus uh ally. I want you all to know that I'm only uh, trying to offend lesbian dinosaurs. So, ants? Sure. <laughs> about do you have a favorite dirty joke buddy oh yeah it's a lot worse than yours so this girl goes up to her dad and says dad i need to borrow the car tonight and the dad says well there's only one way you can get it you got to suck my dick so the daughter starts sucking her dad's dick and she just can't handle it and she stops and goes dad your dick tastes like shit and he goes oh damn it that's right your brother has the car tonight oh <laughs> i love it i'm sorry i don't know it's it's the best. I uh, um, I did see, however, it's it doesn't translate super great when I say it out loud, but I think you'll understand it and get it kind of kind of funny. I saw a okay. picture of some sweet corn today, and it just said "ribbed for her pleasure," and it made me really laugh. <laughs> so oh, gross. <laughs> All right, listeners, that's as gross as we're going to be for the rest of this episode. Um, uh, do you know who the comedian was that ruined football? Um, I don't, I don't, I didn't look okay, that up. I don't either. Um, I didn't either. I, yeah. If, if I had to guess it was, it's that asshole Terry Bradshaw who thinks he's funny and for some reason is still on football analysis, despite the fact that he last won a Super Bowl 40 fucking years ago. Well, he's the only one that doesn't have CTE. <laughs> just, yeah, just about shit, dude. <laughs> Terry, Terry Bradshaw has like, like preserved brain, like, we, we need to isolate his DNA and then go back in time and inject it into Chris Benoit, and then wrestling can still be good 20 years later. I like to think that he's got Homer Simpson thick brain, where he's just got an extra, <laughs> like, like quarter inch of brain fluid, and that's why he didn't get CTE. It's basically just like what, he wore a helmet over a helmet. <laughs> yes. That was my thought, too, was Terry Bradshaw, but I don't watch enough football commentary to keep up with that shit you know hey for all you texans out there you know i want you to notice that we're not making fun of any of the uh, ex-cowboy announcers here and there's ample opportunity because tony romo is also really bad at comedy is tony romo on there oh tony romo's been a yeah he's been on nfl commentary for like five years now and uh oh, aikman wow. for even longer i knew aikman did yeah yeah huh anyway uh final note for me this okay I often espouse on this podcast that there is a certain necessity in being miserable. Like, okay. it makes you into a human. And I will often say, I, I said it a lot in Witches of East Arlen, how bullies are necessary. Somebody needed to kick Ward's ass. Like, yes. his manager was a necessary force of good. Now, to that end, this is the wrong type of bully. Like, this doesn't help you grow as a human. This doesn't call out your weird behavior and, like, help you adjust to social norms. This dude is an asshole. In fact, this guy is, like... The anti-bully. If there was somebody who should be formed in, like, the the heart of Shenron the Dragon's magical cube to go take out a bully, it's this. Like, this is the worst type of bully. Like, it's I, just bad. It, so, I want to look forward. It bothers forward, me a lot. I want to look forward just a little bit here, and I need you to take a note down on the sheet of paper I know you have for shit to keep an eye out for. I want I, you I want you to write down Rich as Ben Stiller's character, and I want you to put a little V dot and put Caleb next to it because Caleb is Hank's bully that shows up in about four seasons. And I think he's worse. 
And I want to know when we get to that point, who is worse, Rich or Caleb? I mean, Rich, because he's sexually harassing people. <laughs> oh, no. Caleb is uh, – he doesn't sexually harass people, but he is just the fucking worst. He's like the, the perfect anti-Hank. I don't remember that episode. I just know how yeah. much everybody hates it. Yeah. And I'm kind of at the point where, like, what was that one that I – oh, Goodbye Normal Jeans. And I loved it. And, like, the entire King of the Hill community hates it collectively. Right. And I'm just kind of like – not being a contrarian, but I'm curious to see what happens there. But I got right. it. Ben Stiller versus Caleb. Yes. Um, well, And I know you didn't know that one very well, which is why I didn't ask you to make the comparison now. We'll make it when we get there. Yeah. Um, And that's – those are my notes. Uh, how about you, buddy? Um, okay. I've got, oh God, 40 years at the same place. I can't, I cannot fathom working in the same fucking building for 40 years. I can't. Not unless I'm working for myself. Yeah. If I'm in Buck's position, cool, fine, whatever. I can come in, I can screw around, I can play golf, I can screw my secretary. Fine, I can do 40 years of that. But 40 years mm -hmm. is probably an accessories associate, not even the, the, the assistant manager, because that's what Hank is. Yeah. Oh, man. 40 years worth of, of selling people grills, warranties, get five-gallon tanks of propane at a time, and, and hamburger flipping utensils. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. So it boggles my mind. That shit doesn't really exist anymore. And I think it's good. I really do because I can only imagine what that – 40 years of doing the exact same repetitive thing is. That's got to play hell on you when you retire and don't have anything else that you normally do. My guy, there was get people at City Market that have been there since before I was born. Ugh. Well, I mean, it's where is where's the, same, the spice and same variety? Building, and in a lot of, but like in a lot of cases, like they may have been in another department. But like my old boss in produce, um, he celebrated his 40th year this last July, um, and he had been in produce for since 1985. Wow. I mean, good so good for the people that can will. do it. Good for the people that can do it. I just, I can't even fathom it. Um, oh, no. I, yeah. I, I am, like, itching to, like, quit my job because I'm in an office and I'm, like, uh, without windows and I, like, miss sunlight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we covered this pretty good in our opening here. Rich is awful, but I absolutely love Ben Stiller. Um, yes. Is Hank naive, Mark? Like, is, do we get to see naive, like, almost Peggy levels of uh, – let me rephrase this. Do we get to see almost near Peggy levels of naivety in Hank this episode? Because it no, takes him so long to realize, like, they're making a joke out of everything that I'm saying. We talk a lot about, like, politics of the time, mm -hmm. and I really feel like he, he'll ignore Buck – like right. he knows when Buck will make. Okay, so so I think the best way I can do this is bring it around like this. Um, he gets mad at Bobby because I got up under more, or because Mr. Strickland got up under more balls than a midget hooker, right? Right, right. That is an out and out dirty joke. Yes, but like Hank isn't gonna. Also, I don't. I think this might be like when that's what she said started. Like not this episode, but like yeah. it had just come into like our cultural zeitgeist. And I also feel like sexual harassment, like very special episodes about sexual harassment started coming out at this time. Like you had when Marge worked at the power plant, but like Mr. Burns was like actively horny for her, not like, ooh, hoo, hoo, your husband's so fat I could play with his titties, like something like that. Yeah. But like 
but like this is like actual like hey we as a people need to have a conversation about what is and is not acceptable at work right and hank has been at strickland for how long and like yeah he puts up with buck but like joe jack isn't gonna make it that's what she said joke like None of them are doing this, and he is in a very isolated pocket. Boomhauer mm-hmm. isn't telling dirty jokes. Dale isn't telling dirty jokes. Like, he probably, the worst shit he probably hears is, like, Adam Sandler and his poo-poo jokes. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's being, I don't know if he's being naive, or it's just, he just isn't really exposed to it. Okay. This isn't the internet, like, you know what I mean? Like, we now get a constant influx of horror, and good, but it's always constant. And, like, that was not the the case, like... In 2018 years ago. This episode just had its 18th birthday. Think about that. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> it, can, it can go fight and, and die for our country. And it can go shoot porno, but it can't have a drink. Exactly. Or have a cigarette anymore. Oh, yeah. you know what? Just coming out of Vegas, I'm good with that. Vegas is fucking horrible, guys. <laughs> All that smoke. Ugh. Um, I'm going to keep plugging along here, buddy. Please do. I keep talking over you. I'm sorry. No, you're not talking over me. You're adding shit to it. Um, I think my biggest bitch about this episode, and it's a note because it was a, it's a question to me, but it also should be a con here. The one person that should be like correcting a lot of this behavior, especially at Strickland, is the one employee that's not shown, and they show him in a bunch of other. Who's that? It's Budasak. It's Roger. Yeah. You know, the actual stand-up comedian, the guy that's got the comedy background, you know, he would be the first person to say, yo, this this is not very funny in the way you're doing this. It's, it's screwing with other people. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. I I was surprised with some of the jokes they, they got away with in this. Putting the monkey over uh, Enrique's wife's face was a little much for me. I was like, oh... That's kind of in poor taste, and I'm glad they made him react the way he did because that made me feel for it. But yeah, I yeah, wish, but I, I mean, miss, it's like the I most tame thing you can do. Yeah. Um. I, I also yeah, but we we miss Roger in general. I you miss. Know? I love Roger. Um. I think that this is now a, a type of episode, like it's it's almost like a framework of an episode that you and I can look out for. Is something goes wrong at Strickland and everybody but Hank jumps onto the the something's wrong train and Hank has to fix them all. He does it in this one. He's done it before. Um. Yeah. Let's see. We saw it at Girl Stravaganza. Um. Mm-hmm. Where else? Education of Bobby Hill. Yep. Um, I know we've seen it before that as well. I just. Well, I mean, Snow Job with that idiot Lloyd Vickers. Yep. Um, yep. Hank has to fix everything there. We're going to see it again in the Facebook episode that's going to come up in, later in the season. Retro reference rage. Um, we're going to see it with the West Coast Choppers guys. We're going to see it with the prize fixing one where they're all in on it together. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's just it's a framework of, hey, something's wrong at Strickland and everybody except for Hank is ignorant to it or is feeding into Mm -hmm. it. So counter or not counterpoint, but tangential point to your point. This is also an episode type that we have seen often where Hank is the victim of sexual harassment. Oh, once again, this poor guy. (laughs) Also Hank's ass is back. He has a fully (laughs) formed ass. I'm just, we, we, we put that nail in the coffin already with um, Officer Grabsy, Grabsy with uh, Lupe's Revenge. Yes. and But now, like, so Peggy's doping with the bull or with the testosterone, like, helped him, like, boost that muscle. And now it's just, like, here to stay. He, right. he no longer has diminished gluteal syndrome. Good for you, Hank. He overcame it. Oh, yeah. 
Homie does all of those like um what what is it uh thrust squats. Yep. <laughs> Um, And then my last note here is it's directly ripped off of Wikipedia. Margaret Jo Beth Williams was born December 6th, 1948. She's currently 74 years old. She was born in Houston, Texas, and you may know her from such films as Poltergeist 1 and Poltergeist 2. She looked familiar when I looked her up. I love that Peggy was just like, Jo Beth Williams will make it fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a, good so bit. there's a little little bit on Margaret Jobeth Williams. Mark, give me some of your pros, buddy. And I oh, swear to God, it, I swear to God, if you steal my fucking Spanish phrase, I'm going to be mad. Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, pro. Okay, really quick. I got to call this out. Just, I don't know if I'm like horny for Peggy this week and next week, but I have a lot of Peggy notes and I like scratch some of them out because it just seems like <laughs> I'm up on Peggy's dick. Yeah. Clit, whatever. I don't know. Um, giant size 16ers. I'm up on Peggy's 16ers. That's what I'm on. Um, <laughs> so they're eating dinner and Hank says the line, some of the effect of it's hard to come in to an already winning team. And Peggy goes, lady bird still has it out for Bobby. And Bobby goes, what? That was great. Yeah. I laughed way too hard at that line. Um, Peggy's hatred of hostesses. When she's like, hostesses aren't smart. That's why they or they only give them menus to carry around. Uh-huh. Was, I don't know why. I just really thought it was funny. But also like side slam at Bobby because he was the uh, mater D at uh, Sugarfoot's. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Bobby talking about Peter Pantload. <laughs> that that's in my favorite moments <laughs> because that a is a little bit of this. That is so just like, it's such a good 13-year-old kid prank that is relatively harmless, especially once you realize that it is fake. Yeah, yeah, like, it's nothing to it. Um, And finally, I like the scene in the attorney's office when Hank gets the emergency page and goes, I'm gonna have to commandeer your phone. <laughs> I just, that whole scene, I like that whole scene. It's really good. When And then he finally like, all right. Give me the literature. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I got. How about you, buddy? Pros? Um, so my first one on here is I love wet blanket Hank. And really, I think it's like I like Hank when he's he's done screwing around. And usually we have to wait a whole episode to get that. And this one, we're lucky enough to get it within the first five minutes because within five minutes, he figures out what's going on and goes, I am so over this bullshit already. And it's. I, I like it because it is our our straightened course, like straightened arrow, however you will, of Hank has to be the voice of reason. And you guys do a very good job of making me believe he is always going to be the voice of reason. You know that when somebody's mm-hmm. doing something asinine, he will call them out for it. So right off the bat, this episode, we get wet blanket Hank that's just like, nope, this is not fun. I don't appreciate it. And even so much to the point where he takes Rich out after he makes one joke and says, I wanted to save you from this embarrassment. Because that's not the kind yeah. of jokes we, we do here. It's perfect. It's, it fits his, his character so well. Um, Mark, I wish that I could figure... I, I will probably figure out how to say this in German, but for now I'm going to have to settle for Spanish. La tierra de la trasero. It literally oh, means there you go. earth of the butt. Kids seem to like it. And how. That is a huge pro because what, what, what is it? Mierda? 
That's that's shit Yoda in Spanish. Is, is shit or caca. Caca. Yeah. They, well, because she specifically says they always ask me how to say poo poo. And it's like, you yeah, just so say caca. would be the most. Yeah, yeah. it's the easiest fucking Yoda thing. Yoda would be the vulgar. Uh-huh. But La Tierra de, tra- de la Trasero, that is just, that is prime time Peggy right there. Um, but you know, uh, once again, Peggy Spanish is getting better. I, I, yes, I don't remember no, what it episode, is. Or I want to say flirting with the master. Um, and I, I think I was like, Hey, is Peggy getting better at Spanish? I think she's getting better. Right. Well, maybe she actually took Spanish classes after almost, you know, having to spend time in a Mexican prison because her, her language is so shitty <laughs> in her own words. Um, good on them for showing the broadness of sexual harassment. This might be the one and only time I've seen male on male sexual harassment ever even being addressed in popular media. So thanks for giving this a fucking platform because it's absolutely real and it's absolutely uncomfortable. Everybody can be one of the guys, but that doesn't mean they want to do it all the time. Know your damn place. Um, but also know your damn place and positions of power. That too. I went through that at City Market. I actually made a report against the dude because he kept showing us a video of his cousin finger popping some chick. And I'm like, you're a fucking manager. Like, yep. I I got really pissed off. Like, and I got the fucker fired. Scoreboard. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just me. It was like 30 people. But like, we all rose up together. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's there is things that are acceptable. And unfortunately for some people that they just they just want to joke around. Guess what? Your humor doesn't apply to everybody anymore. So it just kind of is Sharing the Dave Chappelle, the N-word family is acceptable because it is timeless and hilarious. <laughs> but I don't um, have one that is. Anything by Jeff Dunham is not timeless and hilarious. Don't share that shit. It's offensive. Uh, well, I, the, the, the example that I see all the time is uh, Blazing Saddles, Mark, one of our greatest films of all time, one of your and I's personal favorites. And Blazing Saddles works because it doesn't just make fun of one group of people. It makes fun of them all. Yes. And if you cannot make fun of them all, then you cannot make fun of anybody. And then we are truly yes. lost as a society. Yes. Um, uh, but next... also, also to your point, uh, shout out to Two Wizards Podcast when Josh and I talked about Blazing Saddles, but also <laughs> addressing the racism. Um, the best way to destroy anything is to laugh at it. Yeah. Like, go to a Proud Boy rally and laugh at those dumb shits. Yeah. Like, because take the power from them because you don't need to do it with your fists. Just laugh at him or scold him. Say, hey, man, you're being a real dickhead and no one likes this. And I know calling somebody a dickhead is also sexual harassment, but sometimes you got to call them out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I also, just... guys, if you, I'm sorry. One more thing, John. Sorry. Really yeah. quick. If you guys see something, say something for fuck's sake. Abuse of power. Like anything you got a manager that gets too close to you i don't care if you're a man or woman i don't care i don't care what it is oh yeah you fuck it you fucking call it out like anyway i'm done i'm done yeah. soapboxing no that that feeds perfectly into my next uh next pro here and it's just that thank fuck you can't do things like play ass tag anymore work is supposed to be work and you know the the rise of social media and the ability to film everything at any given point has actually kind of helped sometimes because now you're you got to watch out like if what I'm what I'm doing, this might actually just get me in trouble for the long term, not just from this job. Like if I am mm-hmm. a big enough dick about it, then people are going to continue to carry this on. Um, and so there are just certain practices that don't exist anymore, and I am thankful for yeah. that. 
Um, and then my last pro here is that this is an incredibly small yet surprisingly effective B story. We haven't even really brought it up yet, but I okay. love this B story, Mark, of the, the whole idea of Dale can't smoke anymore because he lit his house on fire. And then that's he just, bad. just the, that's still, still. And then he goes to chewing and then just in typical Dale fashion spits everywhere, including all over Bill's shoe. And he just tells him, deal with it, live with it, get over it. Um, and you come full circle to him inhaling the aroma and Boomhauer lighting his cone, his newspaper cone of tobacco. It's fucking Dutchy. Yes. It makes me so fucking happy. It's the right amount of Dale for this episode. Um, okay. And I feel like they, they peppered him in just enough to where the uncomfortable shit like once you once you're like okay this is almost too much cool now we get to see five seconds of dale being stupid give me your cons buddy okay um cons i'll i feel bad Uh, i feel super bad with this con the b plot i don't like the b plot at all i think it's stupid i think you put it anywhere and it doesn't matter (laughs) okay it's got moments yeah Um, no it's just it's fine i don't know i I get, I, I don't know. I just don't like it. And then That's fair. we, we kind of go back and forth on like the Bill Dale relationship. And it's like, oh good. Dale's back to being Bill's bully. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just don't care for it. I don't like the B plot. It's boring. And then it comes around. Oh my God. I can smoke out of new, like, I, don't, I don't know. Whatever. Also, <laughs> I liked I it, but you, you don't yeah. smoke chewing tobacco. It's too moist, right? I don't right. chew, but. Well, yeah. especially cause he's, he's not doing like Copenhagen or, or like, um, a skull yeah, he's or doing like, like straight that. like snuff, right? Yeah, it's it's like snuff, it's red like, man, yeah, like actual. Yeah, yeah, it's the shit you mix in with fucking bubble gum when you're a, a baseball player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I don't care for it. Um, I don't know why he's not on nicotine patches or something. That'd be funnier. Like, because Simpsons did it, and I guess, yeah, and I guess we already did it with keeping up with our Joneses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um. 30 sick days in 40 years. Fuck you, Travis, you depressing motherfucker. That is not an accomplishment. You're an idiot. Ugh. That's you not taking just, time. Yeah, like, fuck, I just made back, like, 18 hours of sick time. I'm probably going to take Tuesday off because I don't want to go back to work yet. Like, I've been out for two weeks. I don't, I, I ain't ready. Like, <laughs> Um, just general con of chewing tobacco. It's disgusting. Johnny, do you have a gross chewing tobacco story? Um, I, my freshman year roommate, uh, God, God love him. His name was Don and he was a, a wrestler at the school we attended and he chewed, he chewed mostly, especially like he chewed a lot. Like it, it ramped it up when he was trying to cut weight because all yeah. you do is sit there and spit the whole damn time. Um, but yeah. he also would like, he would just leave random spitters around the place. Like, I think that's almost every, everybody, especially when they first start chewing, they just leave their spitters everywhere. And at one point, he, I was like, hey, yo, dude, you got to clean some of these up. And so he consolidated them into one spitter. So he just had the one. <laughs> but then he would just, he would keep going until it was full. And this is yeah. like a 32-ounce Powerade <laughs> bottle full. I can't even think about it. Yeah, like I can see it and it's like making me gag. I don't know if you can hear me like almost puking <laughs> in my mouth. I can't. I can't. Um <laughs> I, I don't know. I had, I experimented because I used to, I used to smoke and I've, I've tried just about every form of tobacco you can get with the exception of snuff. I've never tried that. And chewing tobacco was always the, it was the grossest. It's the one that, that I think it lasted maybe three days for me. And then I went, nope, this is stupid. 
and it makes me gag and I don't like the taste and I don't know why people do it. Okay. okay. Yeah. How about you, buddy? You got a chewing tobacco story? I'm sure somebody in Peyton was gross as fuck. Oh, that might have been me. <laughs> I was a sophomore in my fifth hour math class and dipping was the new cool thing. So I was like, what, 15, 14? I don't yeah. know. Um, and we all put a dip in beforehand and my math teacher goes, he just looked at me and was like, you got a dip in, Mark? And I'm like, no, sir, I do not. Yeah, do this. And he like ran his you know, tongue on his lower teeth, right? And I did it. And I uh, undipped the dip and gutted it. Oh. And I like, I, I I summoned all of my chakra to the no puke no jutsu, which I you just, listeners you just heard me do right there too, where I didn't throw up. Uh, so I gutted that fucker, and he just stood there and looked at me like, okay, I guess you don't. And he taught the whole uh, hour twenty minute class because Peyton was a four day school week on block yep. schedule. So an hour and twenty minutes, I sat there with a dip in my gut. And then right before band, I went and I was violently ill. And that son of a bitch followed me to the bathroom and then wrote me up for it. And I'm like, you piece of shit. <laughs> and it's, guess it's, who never, ever dipped again? This cat. Yeah, I believe it. I, so I want to say that teacher, it's a dick move by the teacher, but it got, he got his point across. He didn't dip again. No, but he didn't need to write me up for it. No, he didn't. That was pretty Thank much Thank God I knew how to forge my mom's signature. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Terry. Mark used to dip. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> I think she knows that story, actually. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah, chewing tobacco. Gross. Uh, Buck shaming Hank in the bathroom. How many episodes have we seen Buck holding oh. staff meetings while he is knocking out a grumpy? It's just mean. <laughs> it's just me. I also kind of think that Buck would be the dude to, like, celebrate a good hard fart, you know? That's, that's true. I like the fart machine. He, I don't understand why Hank is so uptight about it. Because that's, like, the most tame. Yeah, but it's Hank. It's, it's yeah. The flatulence is what gets Hank. Like <laughs> Vulgarity. Vulgarity. But I also think it'd be the... Like, I don't know. I If I'm in a multi-stall bathroom and, like, I'm going to knock one out, I like to, like, rip the loudest fart I can to announce my presence. It's like the, mm-hmm. the lion walking out and roaring on the savannah. Like, the king is here. <laughs> bow to my supremacy. But... I don't know. That, that, we're just different people. Uh, finally, Johnny, I once again feel bad because I'm in direct contrast with you in that grain of salt here, guys. Boy, do I miss grab-assing. I just miss grab-assing. <laughs> I miss horseplay. I miss grab-assing. I miss Nut Tuesday. I taught the guys how to play it at City Market. Like, <sighs> we had a guy that used to, I don't know what his deal was, but it was him and this dude in the deli, and they had a game where they would run up to each other Anytime one was bent over, grab him by the hips and just start dry humping him from behind. Oh, that was just their game that they played together. And, like, there wasn't anything about it. They weren't being – I don't know what it was. I'm not going to judge. I was always kind of sad that I never got to join in because why are you guys so fucking special? But you right. know what I mean? Like, I – there's a certain amount of physicality that it no longer exists in the world. And not that I want to go like wrestle with my boss. Like I don't look at him like, you know, three hours into work and like, we're both been sitting there at our desks, you know, slaving away. And then just like, we make eye contact and start just like fighting each other. I don't need right. that, but like something about it. And I think it's just cause I'm getting older and I miss professional wrestling more than okay. anything, but yeah. No, um, I, th- I, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I, I agree with you that there. There is an element of of grab assery that that should be celebrated and missed. Um, if I may divulge for just half a second here, I, I used to work it's in public works, 
And in public works, you spend large amounts of time with primarily only male people that work with you unless you're on like a horticulture crew. That's not me being yeah. sexist, guys. It's literally like I, after 10 years in that business, that's what most of the females wanted to do was horticulture. Um, but it's primarily dudes that are running big equipment or digging holes or digging trenches or fixing turf and all this other stupid shit. And every now and then you get a moment of camaraderie between three or four of you when you're all together. You have 20 minutes where you don't have to be back to your shop and you just get to fuck around and do something at whatever site you're at. And for me, this kind of culminated in, hey, I don't know all of you very well, but I've been working with you for about six months. And there's this frozen pond over here. Let's go grab the biggest fucking rock we can find and throw it into the pond and try and break the ice. And it was 20 minutes of all of us just throwing rocks as big as we can and trying to break this fucking ice. And none of it, none of it worked, but all of us just kept fucking doing it. So I think like I'm I'm right there with you, buddy. I think the 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 silliness and like the physicality and stuff, it can exist without being weird and sexual. But I yeah. I don't miss the sexual stuff. My buddy used to play that. Well, you know, game but like team sports. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. team sports. Like I don't I know I'm gonna sound weird here. When I played football, um, if I hit somebody, coaches smack me on the ass and say, Good job, Jones. Right. And it, it wasn't a sexual thing. It wasn't a weird thing. It, was, it is a thing that has been done for thousands of years. You smack them right. on the ass and say good work. Um, I got into a bad habit when I was a manager of smacking my guys on the ass and saying good work because it started because we were talking about the show Friends. Okay. And, like, Chandler gets all depressed because of that his boss quits smacking him on the ass. Okay. And, like, we did something one day. We were just doing something, and my boss did something. I was like, fucking hey, Fred. And I just I smacked him on the ass. Like, and that was it. And it from there, it all just went downhill. But it was never weird. And then we had to get talked to because we're the only department smacking each other on the ass and we're all guys <laughs> and customers got uncomfortable. But, like, there's a certain part of it. It's like it, it, it's not a weird thing. It's it, it's just, camar- you know, it com- com- I can't say the word. Karma chameleon. Camaraderie. <laughs> like, yeah, it just is what it is. I don't know. I miss it. And, no, I would never try and run up and dry hump you. That'd be weird. <laughs> I, I think your lady needs to start doing it to you assert her dominance um, she does she does it all that we do it all the time it's real weird we just run up behind each other and go surprise butt sex and yeah nice very yeah, good it's just the thing we do i'm amazed she hasn't done it to you when she's here and you're drunk or you know uh, what i mean yes. you're drunk and she's i don't whatever words it's anyway. it's gonna happen um so i only have two cons here one, the first one is it's very simple um, toxic works, workplaces suck ass. Don't alienate people yes. in your workplace. I don't care if it's the, if yes. it's the weird dude that just doesn't quite follow everybody's thing. Don't alienate anybody. That's shitty. And you're an asshole if you do that. And the bigger con here, absolutely fuck Buck Strickland in his wrinkly old asshole for giving away the nickname old top to somebody that's not Hank. <laughs> Well, he calls a lot of people Old Top. He calls Bobby Old Top. Um, that is acceptable because Bobby is Hank's son. You mean he's his daddy's seed? He is his daddy's seed. He ain't much, but he's all he got. <laughs> no, like... Season it was the, one, oh. baby. Season one. Oh. But no, like Buck yeah. just saying, you ready to hit the links, Old cruel. Top? That was needlessly cruel. Yeah. I have never noticed that until this watch through. And I went, Buck... I already didn't like you, but ooh, you have made my shit list this week. Oh, but those are my two big cons for this one. Um, favorite moments? You got any? Or do you got any retro rage for me? Other than the the premise of that's what she said jokes, which definitely are they should have been retired twenty years ago. Not retired. Just maybe we need to like let them 
fade away a little bit. Like, it'll come roaring back, but... Yeah. Um, um, I don't have any retro reference rage, but I also don't have a favorite moment. I don't... Okay. I don't like this episode, but I don't dislike this episode. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I... What do you got? I... Help me out here. Help so me land this plane. My my favorite moment. I have two of them here. One of them is it's it's a Bobby moment. It's his Peter Pant load. Like, hey, oh, I'm gonna teach okay. you. I'm gonna teach you how to how to get back at a bully, because uh, mm-hmm. this is how I did it, and I didn't really hurt anybody. And he's like, I need that fake fake vomit. I have gym class. Like, give it back. <laughs> <laughs> that that is funny to me. There, there's not a lot of Bobby in this episode, but what we do get is pretty gold. And then yeah. Rich getting his mouth washed out at the end and doing the little like spitting because it tastes like mm-hmm. soap. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to say it. what Rich does the entire episode is incredibly uncool and it's sexual harassment and everything else. Hank's response of grabbing him and manhandling him into a sink is also not appropriate, guys. It was very satisfying to watch, but you could never do it nowadays. But, it's, but why not? Yeah. It, it was but why so, not? Why so many people? Why should. couldn't I have put that son of a bitch in a headlock and like wash his mouth out with soap? Because I don't need to see you, your cousin, finger popping this poor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like why? And I understand. I understand why. I I, I understand a thousand percent. But I need you to tell me why I can't because I don't get it and it pisses me off. But yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Thousand percent. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's the 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 karmic realignment of Rich, who has now touched everybody. Or is like, mm-hmm. you know, screwing with everybody all episode long is now finally having his space invaded and having something done to him he really doesn't want. I I really think it's some good realignment there. But Yeah. Well um, you're right. You reminded me, I do have a favorite moment. It is the um Lady Bird is still gunning for Bobby. What? Yeah. <laughs> that was great. I, okay. Yep. Thank you. You brought me around. I forgot Peggy was here. I She's not a lot so- in this. She's not, and it's the perfect amount, but we got so horned up talking about Rich and all the bad shit that I kind of forgot the other yeah. half of the Hill family was he, here. Yeah. He put such a bad taste in your mouth for this episode, which is uh, – that's a credit to – it's a credit to the character, but it's also a credit to Ben Stiller. Yeah. Ben Stiller yeah, makes a good the fucking bad and guy. The actor. Like, it's – yeah. Like, we know that Lauren Seaver is really good. Like, we just yeah. know it. Like, or what's his name? Cyber S I V E R T. Yeah, I know. But what's the other guy's name? A uh, Glaram Cyber and yeah, or Saber Glaram and Michael Jamin. Okay, okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, they their names are too close together, and it screws me up. Either way, like we know they're funny anyway. But like, you put somebody like Ben Stiller in there, especially right now. This is two thousand four. He was it's peak. God, he was untouchable. Yeah, but yeah. I argue because what dodgeball had come out. Um. Uh, Zoolander had already come out. Zoolander was 2001. Like, Meet the Parents. I hate that movie, but he is funny in it. Like, He's solid. And we're only a couple of years away from Tropic Thunder, Mark. Probably his masterpiece. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Tropic Thunder. Please, Johnny, I cannot get any harder. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're in for uh, one hell of a wild ride when you've got Robert Downey Jr. and Ben Stiller and Jables all in one movie. Mm. Oh, I gotta watch that when I got this call. Wonderful. Well, I think we're to our rating system, man. You want to give it? You want me to? I was trying to think of a cute one about jokes that didn't hold up very well, but I don't think we can do that because it's too subjective, and I'm gonna re- overplay my hand with certain like three <laughs> comedians. So no, I'll just break it down like normal. At the very, very bottom is Char. Oh, did you have a cute one? I'm sorry. No, no, you go for it, Ben. Okay, okay. 
cool, cool. I just didn't like steamroller you if you had a good one. <laughs> no. um, at the very, very bottom is charcoal. Charcoal is a failure of an episode. It's a real piece of shit. It doesn't hold up. Nothing is good about it. You don't like it. You feel bad after watching it. You feel just as bad as poor Enrique after he realized his wife was a monkey and he just got grabbed on the ass. Above that is a megalo. Megalo is a bronze. It is a turd still, but it has little shiny chunks of corn glory in that that save it from being unwatchable. You're not going to find it, but if it's on, eh, fine, maybe. But it's still a really bad episode. Above that is butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. That some of the jokes land, but sometimes they're just outdated. Kind of like Hank shuddering when he's listing off the people. They can be male, female, or oh, transgendered. Ugh. It just didn't hold up. Right. And also, just man, that's like the third one. This in the so okay, okay. So maybe my mind is like Bader Meinhoffering this, but like so next week we got Jack talking about the glory of Bruce Jenner's hair. Yeah. This week we have. This and then last week we had the bit where I got whole all horned up because Jazz was like, "Can't you be something syphilitic, uh, illiterate, transgendered?" And wow, we're really hitting yeah. that beat a lot here. And it's it's weird. There's a weird tonal shift in this season, and I'm all, and I'm just recognizing the pattern, and it's weird to me. Anyway, butane. If it's on at two in the morning and you're high, yeah, you're gonna watch it. Above that is the Char King. Char King is like a gold rating. It's a really, really good episode. Uh, the characters he used well. The writing is good. You have an amazing guest star, and I'm sorry to say that almost Ben Stiller is wasted in this one, but like Ben Stiller is an amazing guest star in his own right. So Char King to Ben Stiller on my end. <laughs> but something just didn't land, or or you need a little bit of context to appreciate it. The one that I always come back to is The Wedding of Bobby Hill. That was an amazing episode, but if right. you haven't watched a lot of King of the Hill to know who these people are, you're not going to get anything at all out of it. You're going to enjoy it, but you're going to be like, what the hell is that? However, John, there is one more, the Blue Flame of Valor. That is our S rank. That is our original, that's what she said joke of all time. It is the best episode of King of the Hill. You can show this to anybody with zero context, and they will love it. The writing is on point. The characters are on point. The animation might even be a little bit too pretty for its own good. And those are few and far between for us, and we kind of have fallen off that wagon a bit, and that's okay. I remember I remember a long time ago, you said only five ever, and we've both blown that one apart. I think we have, yeah. Yeah, I think we're both up to, like, in the sevens or eights, maybe. Right. I, I have to go back and look. Yeah, I need to be better up about updating the spreadsheet. But with all that being said, on a scale of charcoal to the uh, blue flame of valor, what are you rating? That's what she said. Uh, I gave it a butane. So okay. just the entire premise of this, of the that's what she said joke, that that's the response to everything. It dates this a lot. Uh, it's not a retro mm-hmm. rage because shit, dude, the that's what she said episode of The Office is like, that's never leaving the cultural like scope. Shit, they're going to put that specific episode into into the Library of Congress, I swear. So the, that joke will never die. Um, but it dates it because that's an old episode of The Office. This is an old episode of King of the Hill. And there are much sillier and more fun ways to insult people than just going after their, their mom at this point. Um, and I really, as far as like an episode that's supposed to be about comedy, dude, I will take the... I will take the Propaniacs or the uh, the Snaps episode over this one any day of the week. Mm. That tells me that this is, I mean, this is a butane to me. I'll still watch it. I'm not going to actively seek it out. I, I didn't hate it, surprisingly. 
um ben stiller plays a key role in this he plays a good villain that's why i want to watch it yeah and yeah, i also really like the b story even though you didn't <laughs> it, it's just me i don't know if no, I'm being it's... shitty or if i'm mad that like uh say say Nispa, king of the hill like showed us the greatest b story ever in the kaiju <laughs> bill battle yes but, um yeah. so what, what on scale of charcoal to blue flame what do you give it mark um, well, buddy, you, we got to make a sound effect for this cause it's a two tame. <laughs> yes, we do. It's fine. It's old. It's dated. It kind of doesn't hold up, but I don't really care. Ben Stiller is funny. It makes me kind of miss like, I, there was a time in America when before the bubble burst and like owning a house was a good thing to have. And that bubble burst. And the That's What She Said bubble also burst. And it makes me miss that time, if that makes any sense. Okay. Um, I hate the B-plot. I think it's wasted. I think it's dumb. I think you put it into anywhere. I, why can't Boomhauer do a thing? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Why is it always got to be Dale with his fucking new shenanigan? Yeah. Well, because... You know, suit armor. I stopped smoking. I got a hawk. We're harvesting bat shit, which I guess it was all the guys, but, you know, Grib Treve tells you all you got to know about that one. Grib Treve, yeah. Yeah, butane. It is it is what it is. I'll watch it. I won't turn it off. So that's that's better than some we've had lately. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you say we move on to our next episode, Mark? I think we should. I was going to try and horn into that's what she said joke, but I just can't. Well, so talk to me about our next episode, buddy. <laughs> our next episode is number 160, My Hair Lady. Uh, very clearly a, a reference to... This is actually a, a second reference to the same story concept that we've had. Because we've already seen a Pygmalion <laughs> <Yep>. episode. <laughs> this is like the third or fourth at this point. Because we talk about Pygmalion and My Fair Lady a lot in this <sighs> show. It's, it's a lot. Uh, original air date, February 15th, 2004. This is written by uh, uh, Wyatt Scenic. C-E-N-A-C, Cenac, I think is how you pronounce that. Um, he's a okay. stand-up comic. This guy has been a staff writer on King of the Hill since season seven. So he is a staff writer all the, for every episode in season seven, eight, nine, and ten. He's got 75 episodes of at least contributing to his credit. Um, he only has okay. like th- two or three that are, that are officially written by him. This is the f- second one, I think. Um... I, I, so he's a stand-up comic and he's done a bunch of stuff. I didn't recognize him though when I Googled his picture. Um, I did find, however, that one of the other things that he wrote uh, is the video game masterpiece from 2007, the movie tie-in to Alvin and the Chipmunks. Really? Yes. Is it is it uh, C-E-N-A-C-K? Or it, C-E-N-A-C. Sorry, wow, C-E-N-A-C. Yeah, I... Wow, dyslexia, Mark. Why, why to be? Yeah, I'm looking at him now. I don't recognize him, but... Yeah. <laughs> so, um, hey, I'll have to check out some of his stuff because if he's written on this many seasons of King of the Hill, I probably will find his stand-up pretty good. Yeah. But uh, cast of characters, Mark, we have Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, uh, everybody's favorite alley Pokemon, Bill Dugtree... Con Supernus and Pone, <laughs> Colette Davis, <laughs> Jack. You hear that? Yes. Oh, you get full of claps now. Oh, shit. Um, Will, oh, Bill Dugtreeve. Sorry, Colette Davis. Keep going. Bill, oh, Bill no. Move, so we're going back to Bill Dugtree for a second because I got to give credit where credit is due. I did not think of that. Uh, the lovely Lady Johnny thought of that today when I was on the phone just before uh, calling you. 
And so uh, credit that com- that one comes all the way from Germany, guys. Germans can be funny too. Um, <laughs> we have also have Jack, Misty, Rico, and a non-speaking but fantastic role of John Redcorn. Probably uh, a pro <laughs> that I. Yeah. <laughs> um, our guest stars here. We ha- So we have probably my favorite C-tier returning character in Jack. He is Jack the Barber, voiced by Brian Doyle Murray. We've talked about him at yep. least twice now. Um, and Probably I, in Hank's bad haircut when he also was Jack the Barber. <laughs> yes. Um, Rico is voiced by David Herman. He's the other gay guy that works at Hotties. Because David Herman yep. is just, he's our voice MVP almost always when he shows up here. And then, Mark, did you catch who voices Colette Davis, the head cutter at Hotties? I did not. Who is it? Uh, it is everybody's favorite late 80s heartthrob, Christina Applegate. Oh, yeah, I did catch that. I lied. I'm sorry. You're right. Yes. I was thinking Eliza Dushku, and I'm like, that's not right. No, no, no. Much better. Much better than Eliza oh, Dushku. Fucking Kelly Bundy, Veronica <laughs> Cordingstone. Yeah. Oh, she's that just one show. Fantastic. She was in like twenty episodes of Cougar Town or something. Cougar Town, maybe. I don't know. I I I know her as Kelly Bundy. I love her as Kelly Bundy and Veronica Corningstone from the Anchorman series. But she's she's fantastic. Um, yeah. Okay, I I went all out on this synopsis, bud. All right, buddy. Beto and Missy Mellon secure a spot as the hottest cutters in Ireland, and Bill nearly becomes proto incel when he misrepresents himself as gay. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is uh it's it's all a story, guys. It's Bill and Luann. Everybody else kind of is tangential. Mark, let's get into some notes. Number one, Bill and Lu I, okay, number one, I forgot this episode was this episode. Okay. I I don't know what I thought it was, and then I was so delighted to find out that it was this one because I think Bido might be my favorite character in the show. <laughs> really? Oh my god, I'll talk about that when I get there. The uh, But anyway, no. Oh my god, no, it's passion. Um, <laughs> number one, first note out of the gate, that roast that the Hill family is eating that doesn't have enough butter with the mashed potatoes is goddamn colossal. I just took note. <laughs> it's huge. It's bigger than Hank across. Like, it takes the entire leaf of the table. And I'm like, Bobby isn't that fat, guys. Come on now, be nice. Um... We have two reoccurring guest stars. You already, or not guest stars. Well, yeah, guest stars. I'm going to say, or guest characters. We have two reappearing characters here, John. Okay. We already called one out with Jack as Brian Doyle Murray. Right. Um, but also, Bobby's first ever love reappears here. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, Marie? No, Head. Head is back. <gasps> Head is back. You're right. <laughs> Thank you for that. All the way from Plastic White Female, my first ever Blue Flame of Valor. Still holds up, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so well. Um, I don't hate Peggy in this one, but boy, she gets bitchy, and she gets real mm. tough to watch, but I don't blame her for anything that she says or does or feels, because she's not wrong at all. Okay. Um, Bobby walking into the um, hotties and going, does this match my hair type? And I'm like, what, bald? <laughs> hey, it's a buzz cut. You just gotta drill some what holes inside for the What are you gonna with the buzz hairline? cut? <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, you, we already beat this one to death. Brian Doyle Murray is back. Oh, he's so good. Guys, he's go so support good. everything Brian Doyle Murray has ever done. That includes Caddyshack, and that includes uh, Misadventures of Flapjack. Basically, anytime he can be a crunchy old man is just perfect. Um, that was it for your notes, buddy? 
Yeah, that's what I got, man. So uh, you and I, like two seasons ago, we've been on this like weird kick of, has Luann left community college or has she not left community college? And this is the one that I very distinctly remember her going, nope, I'm done. And it, it, then yeah. it, it caps it off with the conversation, which I, I'm surprised that you aren't mad at Peggy for it because I am. She's very clearly, to me, trying to push something that shouldn't happen. Like, or it's just not going to happen. And Hank is the voice of reason. It's like, no, she gave it her best shot. Let her go do her own thing now. And I was proud of Hank for that. Um, well, but so they kind of talk about, really quick, can we do this? They kind of talk about that a little bit. Like, none of the guys went to college. Right. The only one that's been to college is Peggy. Right. It's a weird kind of conversation that started being had in, like, the mid-2000s when, you know, all the GOP was saying, college is bad for the kids. They need to go to trade school. And, yes, maybe I shouldn't have been a theater major and been a welder. But, like, I don't blame Peggy for this because, to Peggy, college is the most – college, a four-year degree is why Peggy didn't win school board because that was her biggest failing to men, that she only had a two-year. Like right. So to Peggy, college is the most important thing in the world, and I totally back it and support it. Okay. You know, like, to her it is. Like, I, I also don't disagree with Hank that, like, a trade is a better thing, especially, especially like, the quality of education she's getting there at Arlen Community. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got a music cue for you this episode. Really? I do. So um, the the cut mistress, the, the names of the people at, at Hotties, by the way, that is just ridiculous. Uh, but the DJ cut mistress is like spinning at one point. And this is where they're really ramping up like, okay, Luann's going to be sexy. And she's blowing the hair off the guy's shoulder and he puts it back up there. And Bill is, you know, flouncing around and being super flamboyant and shit. But the song yeah, playing. a stack of strawberry pancakes. Yes. Um, but the song that, that cut mistress is DJing is a remix of Donna Lewis's I Love You Always Forever. It, you you would definitely recognize the chorus line if you heard it. I could not find the specific remix, however, because there is about 20 of them on YouTube. And I after about four, I shit you not, I tried at least four of them. And I couldn't find the right one. I went, nope, I'm not wasting that much time on this. <laughs> and I have an animation note for this episode. Dude, this is like the horniest King of the Hill has ever been. And I think it's because they have about 20 different models to do it off of. I really mm. noticed it at the moment where Bill comes back out as straight because they're animating that woman laying down and getting her hair washed as like the most curvaceous, most like buxom. You can see straight down her cleavage shot. And I'm like the yeah. whole this whole episode has done this every single time you see Colette Davis on the screen. She has got this form fitting shirt and it is accentuating every curve on her body. And they do the mm -hmm. same thing with Luann. Like to me, it was it's just like you spent a lot of time animating people to look very attractive this episode. So I felt mm. like that warranted a note. OK, but uh, give me some pros, buddy. Um, some pros, more Peggy praise, just, um, taking Luann down. Uh, she has a note about how, like, um, wow, what was it? You failed out of beauty school or you failed to pass your beauty school, whatever it was. Um, Luann, the history student would have known that. Yes. She's yeah. being a bitch, but boy, Peggy's really good at like insult comedy. She is. I, yeah. And I'm really appreciate, I really appreciate her for that. Like. It's just nice to see, I guess. Um, Bill, 
Um, we're going to have a running tally of Bill in this episode where Bill is a pro for me, but general pro, Bill, oh my god. Um, <laughs> gay Bill, oh my god. I love Bido. I just, he's, not, okay, so like David Herman is um, Rico, right? right? His name is Rico, right? Yeah, David Herman is Rico, and I get a lot of Gilbert in there, but I also get a lot of um, him doing bug to, um, uh, not Juan Felipe, what's his name? Juan Pedro. What's Bugs? Juan Pedro. I get a lot of that in there. Um, David Herman is the greatest gay, not gay voice we have on this show. Second only to Bill Double Dick when he is Beto. That's right. <laughs> I gave him a fun new net last name. Um, I love Beto. I don't care. I don't I don't care if gay face is offensive. I don't fucking care if that's even a thing. I fucking love him. He's he's amazing. Oh, tell me about your boyfriend. Does he have big, strong shoulder like big muscular? It's thighs. great. I just Yes, big muscular. Th- I love it. I just, I love, I love his little dumb sash. I love his like, I love his mustache, and he keeps the mustache. I love that he keeps it. And then like side pro, he's he looks like Hulk Hogan, but like with brown hair when he's in the alley, and it's great. A little bit. Um, um, gay Bill versus Hank. Oh my God, I love Beto versus Hank. Does your wife know you're here? I'm on my lunch break. I love that. I love that so. He's so good. He's just so good, and I love it. It makes me so happy. Um, you already called it out. This is definitely a pro. Uh, the John Redcorn cameo. <laughs> the like four so frames good. he's on screen. Yeah, and then Bill embracing it and just like, hey, I'm surrounded by women and you're not, bud. Yeah, I love that. Um, again, oh wow, here I go again. Bill, just damn. Bill. I, I wrote out Bill, just damn. But I love Bill. Like, all of it. And finally, blue hair Bobby, and then Bill telling him, this'll, tell your dad this'll wash out, and I love that. <laughs> it, it will grow back. <laughs> um, how about pros for you? Um, it's, it's interesting to me that you and I have taken some time apart, and it, when we're not on the same page here, because... Like I do not like Peggy in this episode. To me, this is the same. This is the same like Peggy taking the piss out of Luann because she can and because she feels like she needs to because she's the only like family member in her life that's got her shit together. And I don't like it because I want Luann to be independent. But we'll get to that yeah. here in a minute. Um, but my first pro here is kind of tangential to that. Not everyone is meant for college, and it feels like this was the f- maybe not the first, but like. The one of the only shows to kind of breach the hey you can go into a trade and that's okay too. Like Hank is very mm-hmm. accepting of that, and I don't feel like you saw a lot of that at this time. There was a huge push for everyone needs to go to college, even if you don't know what you yeah. want to do, you'll figure it out after the first two years. And it's like no, you'll not it everybody out after does. Your ten thousand dollars in debt, yeah, like yeah. absolutely, yeah. And I really appreciate that. They have given Luann, they gave her her shot at community college and it still wasn't for her. And instead of looking at it as looking at it like it's a failure, they went, okay, well, let's go, let's get you trained. Bill's going to train you and you're going to pass your certification and you're going to be a cosmetologist. That's what you did. You don't need to go back Mm -hmm. to school. We don't need to rehash those storylines. Bill, who's been doing it for 20 years, is going to teach you how. And it works. We don't ever have to address this subject again. Um... I love the idea of Bill basically finding his Zen center with the idea of it will grow back and him calming mm-hmm. Luann that way too. Like if, if you do, if you do good, if you do bad, it will all come back to the middle. It's all going to keep coming back. 
And that's a great way of looking at some things. Okay, you had a really shitty day. Tomorrow is another day. You can put mm-hmm. this one behind you. You can work on through it. You can, you, Yeah, there's some repercussions, but it will all eventually come back in the middle. It's going to be fine. So as somebody who's been studying a lot of mindfulness and meditation, I felt very validated by, by Bill's <laughs> practice here. It made me happy. Um, I really love the relationship that Bill and Luann have and that not once ever, even when he is not pretending to be gay, is he creepy towards Luann. I just saw a Reddit post about this episode and it was talking about how Bill has yes. never been a creep to Luann and there's a lot of theories around it. Yeah. Uh huh. And I'm like, you know, I don't, for one, I don't think that Luann is Bill's type. I really don't. And I think part of it is... The, some of the arguments I saw, okay, Bill dated Leanne. He still sees Luann as like almost like a stepdaughter. So that's icky. He also says, okay, that's it. she's tantamount to Hank's daughter. And yep. I don't want to dirty that pool. You know, there's a lot of reasons why he, he could be just like gross, nasty. I'm a giant pant load Bill and go for it anyway. And I'm really glad the writers never exploited that because there's been a lot of opportunities to. And instead, they fostered this really cool relationship on a mutual thing that they both like doing. And mm-hmm. dude, it turns out so good. Guys, A1 fucking gold star to you for this story. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. And then my last pro here is that I do not like the the gay face mark, but it pays off so hard in this episode when Redcorn and Bill meet for that four <laughs> four frames. <laughs> It really does. And so I I apologize to anybody out there if Bill's gay face offends you. To me, I don't really care for it, but I it it for the comedic moment of just that, it's worth it for me. <laughs> it it's worth Stephen it. Stephen Root is a really good gay guy. I don't care. I don't I'm sorry, I don't care. Um and I'm reminded of the poor vampire in true blood. Yeah. I don't know if he's gay or not, but I'm pretty sure it was gay. I think he I think was. Everybody in True Blood was gay, but I don't know. Yeah, I know True Blood made me gay. But yeah, <laughs> as I say, they're they're either bi or they're pan. Like, eh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, like it's 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 really interesting. I I have to stop and think about what the concept of how how do you classify Bill? Because is Bill really looking for a sexual relationship? Or is Bill just looking for someone to spend his life with because he doesn't want to be alone? Like that, I feel like we approach the the subject of Bill being alone a lot. And, you know, maybe Bill isn't gay, but I don't think he would hate having a male partner. He'd have a Wally. Like Wally is my best one. Or um, looking ahead here, uh, Bill's house when he takes in all Uh the drugs. Like Bill just wants companionship. Even when it's all there is to it. Even when it's so he gets he gets his Playboy model in I think season twelve or thirteen his former playmate that moves in with him and Moss moves in with him and it's like all right you're doing a silly threes company reference here but if it was one or the other you would be happy if you were just living with Moss I think he would be happy yeah but yeah. maybe I mean, maybe I'm, not because Moss is a worse pant load than Bill I fucking but... hate Moss and maybe I'm remembering that episode incorrectly you can. Put the egg on my face if I am in like a hundred episodes here. Uh, I was gonna say talk to us in June. Yeah, but uh, anyway, that's what I got for pros, man. Sorry, I, I went off a little bit, but I also realized. Oh, no, you're good. We spent an hour on our first episode, and now we're only fifteen minutes into this one. 
that's the point. We 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 just get <laughs> we're like two dogs. We're like two dogs playing together. We're like you just gotta let them go crazy for the first twenty minutes, and then they're like, okay, we can be dogs again. Like, yes, yeah, yes. Um, um, give me some cons, buddy. Cons. Con number one. I already talked about our special guest reappearance of head. There's not a cutaway. Um, okay, so you, okay, so I gotta go back in time here. You remember Peggy's pageant fever when Bill is um singing taking care of business and then goes full turtle simp for Peggy? Yes. Yeah. I want that scene but with head. I want Bobby to be riding his bike, like singing Slim Shady or some <laughs> shit to himself. And then he sees Luann cutting Head's hair and now Head is a brunette and not a blonde and like Peggy sees his or Bobby sees his first love and crashes his bike. I'm just Ooh. I wish we would have got it, but I don't care. I just, it would have been a great moment for that's me. That's like a 10-second joke that I would absolutely, that's a deep cut that I would love. Yeah. And it, really, that would be one that I would just, I, I, I wrote it for myself, but man, yeah. I would love to see it. Um, In direct competition to you once again, Um, you did, yes, the people in this are animated attractively. However, Luann's Missy Melons are way too static. I am sorry. We have this is season eight. We you have given me seven seasons up until now because I don't think we've seen Luann yet this season, right? Like uh, not in any not in a real capacity. capacity. Yeah, I, we have seen Luann and her Missy Melons moving all about with their own physics and shit, and they are real solid and static this episode, and it pisses me off. Like this is the yeah. point. This is the point. Luann is taking her own sexuality and attractiveness, which I also think is hilarious. Like just to try to be pretty, which is so funny to me, but like, whatever. Cause it's Luann and she don't know she's hot, but that's cool. But like, I, I'm sorry, man. Like all of them, they're all just real. None of the Missy melons are moving around and that's a con for me. Just, I got <laughs> used to a certain type of animation and here we are again. Um, and finally, this is just a rehash of CCNS Pa King of the Hill. Okay. Um, it, it is. I'm sorry. It's it's the same thing. Oh, Peggy, you're not interesting as an artist because you're not X. Oh, Bill, you're not interesting as a haircutter because you're straight. Never minding the fact that Bill is very competent and he even talks about, I wish I had my creative outlet. Like, yeah. Bill is doing this for 100% pure reasons. He is practicing his own art and I really respect him for doing that. And it bums me out that he can't do it because he's because of his orientation. It pisses me mm-hmm. off. I hate that idea. It it bo- but that's me. That pisses me off. Um, I almost wanted to make a point when we dropped that last episode. I started watching the new episodes of South Park. Um, on my flight back to America, and they have the bit about how like your brand is establishing you as three things, and then you are a victim. Okay, and like. I didn't mean to be so on the fucking nose last week, but apparently I was, and we're going to be on the nose this week too, and man, I I just don't like it, you know? Bill is good. Let him be good. Luann is stupid. Let her be good. Like, I I don't know. It just kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, But then also, I guess, side con, I I never went to a, a, a place like Hotties. Do you know what I mean? I never did either. Yeah, I've never been to like a fancy salon where you have to pay $100 for a haircut and you have this this vibe and, you know, I, I don't have a style. I could, dude, I go to Great Clips. <laughs> I'm a yeah. basic white guy. I go to Great Clips and get my fucking haircut. It, it's just part of my culture. Yeah, I, I found a new Mexican barber. I talked about in Hank's Bad Hair Day mm-hmm. how, like, my personal Mexican barber down here at close, and I was so depressed because that dude remembered me. And I found a new one, and he's great. And, yeah, I walk in. He's like, hey, number three, back in size part to the right. I'm like, you know it, baby. Hide my yep. receding Elrond hairline. Yeah, like it's 
it's a great thing, but I just never went to a place like that. It just kind of irritates me. I don't know. I don't understand paying $100 for a haircut because how – if you're doing shit, like, I am sure that Bobby probably owes Bill, like, 40 bucks for the dye job. You know right. what I mean? But, like, um, the, the one that sticks out to me is the lawyer. I have okay. closing arguments, and I need to look good. What are you going to do? Like, like what, what, what are you going to do? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What, what, what possible? So you have closing arguments. You've been on a trial case for I don't know how many weeks because I'm assuming that's what it is. And you're going to go back with different hair. And you, I, I, that just kind of stuck with me. But, like, the idea of it's a haircut and it will grow back. Why are you spending this much to be here? I, maybe it's the experience. I like getting a yeah. shave, you know, okay. like a hot shave. But – I ain't paying a hundred bucks for it. Like my guy does it. He throws it in with my haircut. You know what I mean? Like, and I tip him 20 bucks. Like, right. I'm, I'm out of there for like $35 total. It's whatever. I don't know. I just, I wish the bill was allowed to be himself, but then I get to thinking about other things and this is a trope. And I just can't think of any other episode where it's a trope because they do it in Simpsons where Homer is an expert hairstylist, but he's not gay. He's just married to Marge. So it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. Marge is still jealous about it. So number one, how come there can't be like the most heterosexual, like aggressive alpha male ha- hairdresser who like gets like, you know, erotic stimulation out of making your hair look beautiful. Okay. And I guess we do. It's Ernst. And Ernst makes Ernst, Peggy's hair yeah. shitty, so that you can't have straight people doing women's hair, I guess, is the moral of the story. But I don't know. I just It's a rehash of that one episode that I refuse to say the name of again because I hate speaking French to you. And yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to very much and intentionally play my ignorant man card at this point because I'm sure there is a reason that, you know, maybe it's empowerment. Maybe it's just a sense of control. Why people go to stylists like that in that capacity, because I'm. I don't understand it either, Mark, but I know you and I would never judge anyone for doing that. So it's like, oh, okay. But it is very I perplexing might, if sometimes. You came, if you came to me with like um, – if you came to me sporting Road Warrior Animals by Hawks and you said <laughs> I gave $180 for this, I'd say that was a really bad use of 180 bucks. But, okay. you know, if it well, made you happy, I guess more power to you, but... Yeah, you're also my friend, so you'll be like, no, that was stupid, Johnny. Why'd you do that? I love you enough to be honest with you, yeah. Yes. Um, okay. If I grew a mullet, if I got, like, the mullet perm, and oh. you, like, drop by the thing hold and cut a couple episodes, and you're like, Mark, you look like Patch Boomhauer. Are you, are you doing okay? Are you in crisis, buddy? Like... I, I'm pretty sure you and I would take a magical trip to Walmart, and I would say, "Oh, I need to buy, I need to buy something here," and it would end up with me getting battery-powered clippers and shaving your ass in the middle of the Walmart. <laughs> in the middle of the Walmart. Yes, I'm ripping it out of the case right there, and you're getting a, a big old stripe right down the top. That way, you can't cover it. <laughs> Adam is there. Adam is there to put me in like the full Nelson. Yes. <laughs> We Adam, were just come wrestle me. I'm I'm down. Let's do this. We just talked about grab assing for an hour, guys. <laughs> um, am I good to hop into my cons, buddy? Yeah, sorry, I I went off you on could. a tangent there. I just no, wish that could. Bill was allowed to be himself, and it pisses me off that he can't be. I also understand the problem of Bill pretending to be gay to get women, but again, I, I, I we've seen this premise before a hundred times. I just can't remember one. Like, I I don't know. I just. Man, let people be good at their shit. You know what I mean? Right, right. 
Um, so my biggest con, I've already hit it a couple of times here, is just Peggy taking the piss out of Luann. Every time Luann want is is potentially going to be successful. Peggy has to be the the nagging person in the back that basically says, oh, well, you know, you, you better stick with this because you didn't do this. Or, well, just because you got this doesn't mean you're going to get this. And, oh, just because you're making really good money now doesn't mean you will be forever. Like, I, I swear, every time Luann is successful in this, Peggy's got to find some reason to knock her down a peg. And that makes me mad. Like, you need to be rooting and supporting and lifting up your fucking family, not pushing them down so damn much. Um, And my... <laughs> My other con here, it's a personal con, buddy. Yeah. There's a moment where Colette hands um, Bill and Luann their uniforms. And Luann's fits like a glove. It's perfect. And Bill's, mm-hmm. he pulls it down and it pops right back up. And you see his big old hairy belly and his belly button. And dude, just about every shirt I own does that to me. So I think I'm as fat as Bill. Oh. Hey, no, you're not. You're not the pant load dozer. Don't you say that about you. It's a personal I'm going to come up there and wash your mouth out with soap, buddy. (laughs) I'm just, like, I'm looking at my belly right now, and I can just look at my my little scar from my surgery in October, like, oh. So it's a personal con. Sorry, guys. I'm good. Positive body image. Positive. I went to the gym yesterday. It's good. It's good shit. Favorite moments, bud. You you can have a negative body image. Like... I want to it's work okay. on it. I'm you keeping can hate, to work on you it. Can, no, but you should hate yourself. Like, as soon as you're good with yourself, you failed. Like, yeah, no. No, no, no. <laughs> hate yourself. Like, literally kill yourself and rebuild yourself in the image you want to be. Let Cast aside the old. Be built back up as Beto, the gayest shit with... I love... Okay, can I just talk about how much I love Beto's design? Because, oh my god. Yeah. Like, Bill is a fat, bald pant load, and he completely makes it work a thousand percent. I love his little sash. Like... Um, I like the guys in the alley trying to guess what is what, what he's trying to be. It's a pirate. Are you yeah. a pirate? A pirate. I love. I love all of it. Like the the beer and the makes, champagne flute. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It almost makes me think of like Robin Williams and Birdcage. Okay, just that kind of level of intensity, and I just I love it so much. Like it's great, and he he's not. That's the other thing I like a lot is like. Um, David Herman is the greatest gay character we've ever had. Like, that's all there is to it. I'm sorry. In him and Gilbert and, and, and all of them, mm. all, all the ones we've already listed, like, but man, Bill gets that animation right. You know, he gets the look. Bill is vibing, and I love it so much. I just... Yeah. I don't think we're horny enough for Bill's costume change in this. Also, <laughs> sidebar to that, I love Luann with the pink tips. I yeah, just, I, it I, is I like him awesome. A it's a really yeah, cool character design. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, I'm done. Sorry. Uh, do you have a favorite moment or anything or am I rambling? It's, and No, so my, I only have one in here. Like, I like the episode a, as a whole. My only one stick out moment is right in the beginning and you already hit it. Bobby going, um, these mashed potatoes aren't as buttery. Did we go poor? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Bobby, I, I equate my financial stability also to how much butter and cheese I can keep in the house. So I feel that. I absolutely feel that. Um, what about you? Dairy. It's it's important. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, anytime, Bill. Okay, so there's a couple. There's a couple here. And I need maybe help me pick out my favorite. Um, I love when Rico is like bitching and he's like, I bet he stole my yo play. That's great. <laughs> that yes. Slut. Um. I like the bit where, and I don't know, I wish I would have written down the line, but 
they're they're giving Bill shit because of how he's presenting himself because he's at this point Beto, and Peggy walks out and Bill says something to her. I don't know. I don't remember what he says, but like. She stops and is in, instantly entranced and charmed by Bill. And yes. I love that little switch. That's such a good little moment. That was amazing. Um, and then anytime Jack gets mad, because I think he breaks that window a couple times, and I'm really mad we don't see him repairing yeah. the window. Yeah. Because I know he does it the one time with the broom, and then he does it the other time when he's, like, tapping the sign or the, the pole with the broom. Uh-huh. And then you hear him break it again. Um, yeah, anytime Jack gets mad. I... Man, I'm sorry. I got really horned up for this episode. I really like it. Also, can we talk about, really quick, how great it is to see the pairing of Bill and Luann as a team? It's so good. We don't see this, right? Like, there is the bit, you're right, in um, um, uh, Leanne's saga, and Bill keeps saying he's stepdaddy Bill, and that's gross and kind of creepy, but, like... We don't get a good pairing of Bill and Luann together before, do we? I don't think so, and I don't know if we'll get another one after because she'll find her daddy figure in, in Lucky before too long. But, yeah, yeah, this this seems like an untapped well. Like, I bet you we could have had two or three even more good pair-up episodes with the two of them and even... I think that Bill and Luann, it's a subject that could have been exploited a lot more that they didn't actually exploit. And that takes a lot of restraint. I I would have loved to be in the writer's room, Mark, when they were discussing this concept and like uh, just yeah. to see the light bulb goes off, going off in someone's head about, oh, we really have never done a Bill and Luann episode before. And why not? They both love cutting hair. So it's, yeah. Well, it's a good way to put them together. And it's, yeah. It's like what you're saying though is like it's a it's a wholesome way to put them together too. Like It's true. Bill and Luann well, aren't going to go out straight and here. Like, the only way that we're ever going to get a, a good not offensive gay Bill story is if we partner him up with the one person that's not going to ridicule him for being gay. <laughs> and that's Dale. Right. I'm kidding, it's Luann. <laughs> You know, you bring up a point, though, or I don't know if you bring it up, but I'm extrapolating a point off of this. Um, we don't see Luann palling around with the other guys. Like, there's no. um, um, Luann Saga or whatever when she shacks up with Boomhauer for the weekend, but, like, that doesn't count. Right, like, right. And then no. there's the one with her versus Dale about the gun bullet versus the manger baby, or the, the, the bullet book versus the manger babies. But Right. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, uh, what would you call that, juxtaposition, I guess. And I'm glad we have it. And like you're saying, too... I am glad how I, I appreciate how wholesome it is between the two of them. It's very right. sweet. Yeah. Well, we see so much friction between Hank and Luann most of the time that mm-hmm. it's funny to see her and Bill. And Bill is is essentially the anti-Hank. You know, he's he's everything that Hank isn't, or Hank is everything that he isn't, if you will. And they have such a natural chemistry together. It's really cool to watch. Yeah. It's it's cute too. I don't. It's very sweet. I just like them when they're, I like that they're buddies. And then I like that Luann goes back for her friend, which is kind of weird because, like, they're not really friends, but I, mean, I don't care. Like, I like that it's she that goes Christian back for It's upbringing, him. man. She can't leave him behind. It's not what, a, it's not what Luann would do. Yeah. It's not what the mancha babies would do, Mark. Gargle, gargle. <laughs> you want to, uh, or wait, here, let me. Do you want to write this one, chap? What, what? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, okay. I give My Hair Lady, I gave it up, you king, man. It's king. super nice okay. to see Bill win one. Um, it's even more like awesome to see Luann be successful at something. Um, something that doesn't drive me up a freaking wall. I don't want to see any more manger babies, and, and she was successful with that. But yeah, it's this, this leaves, this leaves a very good taste in my mouth. Okay. Whereas the last episode we did did not. So this okay. was a nice way to end my week. Okay, okay. How about you, buddy? Um, yeah, I gave it a butane. It's a good episode. Um, it's kind of dated. It gets kind of weird. Um, I don't really care. I really enjoyed it. Like, I, like I've said a couple times already, man, do I love Bill slash Beto. Just anything he does, he's, does he have big, strong <laughs> thighs? I, I just love him, like... I, I feel like we got robbed, Mark, because we, we're we never going to get the ultimate, like, final episode of the trilogy that is Gilbert and Bido going out on the club. <laughs> and then that's when Peggy's hanging out with her crossdresser friend at the same club. Oh, drag shit. Holy shit, dude. We're pitching, a, we're pitching a modern episode right here. No, we're not. They can't show that shit in Texas. They'll, they'll fucking cancel the whole series. What are you doing? <laughs> Because if you wear drag, you are instantly corrupting children. Never mind the fact you that I've worn groomer. drag for Halloween for the last four years. But hey, I got picks to back it up, but I guess <laughs> I'm the problem. Um, do we have anything else we want to say about this, or should we ask that all-too-important question, Johnny? I think it's time for the, the ever-impressing question, Mark. Do you still like King of the Hill? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about you, buddy? Man, I love King of the Hill so much, I think I'm going to gay marry it. All right. Uh, well, if you guys want to listen to us some more, you can always check us out on That Community Podcast. Oh, <laughs> shit. Sorry, Pierce. I uh, can't <laughs> count the reasons I should cast. God damn it. We've pitched it 14 times already. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's going to happen, and it's... We're, we're going to somehow magically become best friends with Jim Rash, and it's going to just turn into chaos. It's, don't uh, I'm, don't I'm give so me hope. Excited. God, don't give me that hope. Oh, my God. Okay, oh. okay, right now. Like, That's, I am Jesus like in the desert, and you are Satan, and you lift me up, and you go, all of this that you behold can be yours. You just bow down to me. <laughs> and then, like, you pull out Jim Rash out of your pocket. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> like, ever our love and adoration of the holy shit, dude. Like... <laughs> yeah, David Herman's I, great, but Jim Rash? No, I would I would throw David Herman down a flight of stairs for Jim Rash, like <laughs> are, are you telling me that that in the, the community hierarchy, um David Herman is in fact Garrett and Jim Rash is in fact winger with aviators on? <laughs> Even his shadow mark. I would say that Jim Rash is um aviators winger. Uh, whereas uh, David Herman is uh, Help Me Understand Christmas Sexy Dance Annie. Boopy doopy doopy oh. doop sex. That's that's my okay. hierarchy. That is No, that is an absolutely fair assessment here. Um, Mark, I'm going to tell these good people where to find us because otherwise we're just going to turn this into a community podcast and it's going to go on for another like four hours. Yeah, I'm down. The good people of internet and podcast land can find us at Dangle Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. You can always reach out to us at dangolepodcast at gmail.com. 
And you can reach me at Krautball on Instagram. That's Kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. Mark, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh talk about a variety of weird topics. This week we did SCP number three, and Josh and I each wrote our own entry. He used a little bit of magic, and I did it the old-fashioned way without using an AI generator. But that was the point, to see how well one could work it one up. Um, you can also find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. And you can find uh, me, and maybe Johnny sometimes, we haven't quite hammered out that schedule, on a new mystery upcoming project that isn't a community rewatch podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. So go ahead and hit that five-star button and give us some of those good tips that you love. Um, tell us about your favorite haircut experience. Tell me that I can't gay marry Bido because I need to gay marry Jim Rash instead. And I'll say we'll have a polyamorous gay relationship and everyone will be better for it. I don't know. I You got me thinking about Jim Rash now and I can't. I just can't. Um, We love you guys. Thank you for listening. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much, guys. We'll see you again next week.